Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 221, Daniel Arquette, founder of Social Media Supermum, discusses how to get sales and leads into your inbox. She explains the importance of building a relationship with your clients before jumping straight into long-term commitment requests. Danielle takes us through how to make Facebook ads work for your business, common pitfalls or mistakes to avoid, and shares her top advice on how to leverage social media to reach your business goals. This is Danielle's version of Be The Drop. Are you starting a podcast? Narrative Marketing delivers a full range of podcast production and training options. Visit narrativemarketing.com.au or hit the link in the show notes for more details. Danielle, thank you so much for joining me for our next episode of Be The Drop. It's really great to be here. Beautiful Adelaide Hills. Love it. I'm really looking forward to jumping in and talking some of the dark arts of marketing. We're looking at Facebook ads and sales funnels, but also potentially numbers and metrics. Mm -hmm. But before we get into that, uh, you've got your item of significance. And that's something that gives us a little bit of context and tells you about the journey that got you to here. Absolutely. When I walked in, you said, wow, you're looking bright today because I've got all my bright pinks and blues on um and I just realized that my um gratitude journal that I have today also has exactly the same colors so it wasn't planned that way um so this is something that I implemented the beginning of the year and so what it is is every day before my day starts I actually take my journal and I write down five things I'm grateful for and then 10 dreams that I want to make happen And this is off the back of someone who I follow, Rachel Hollis, who I love all of her coaching and information online is great. And um, there is actually a science behind when you write out your dreams in the present tense, they become a reality. So I won't share all my dreams with you, but I can give you some idea of the grateful things I listed today uh, was the opportunity to appear on a podcast today. (laughs) That's there. It gives me an opportunity at the very beginning of the day to really set and refocus my intention um, to put me in the right mental framework to be just really satisfied and happy in my life and then to push forward into my dreams and to actually live into the day. Fantastic and so you know you said early this year you implemented it. Yes. So what sort of results have you seen from that? Um, Oh so many results. Previously I'd struggled with things like anxiety because you've got the overwhelming to-do list and so many things on our plates as women, business women, mothers And so setting those concrete intentions really allows me to take stock of the fact that I don't want to just be a good businesswoman. I also want to be a great mom and a wonderful wife and those things too. And I think we don't talk enough about family mission and how we're living our best lives in our businesses, but that shouldn't have to come at the sacrifice of family or the other, the balancing act, we call it the juggle. I don't think we really ever find balance. (laughs) So just resets your intention and it allows you to step into the goals you have. Mm, I think for me, 
me, it's around the counterbalance. And I did read a book a while ago called The One Thing, and it was about you can focus oh, yeah. really well it's on one great thing. Book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and so it's not not so much about a balance, but about a count, counterbalance. So you can mm. focus on work at that time and then counterbalance it mm-hmm. with making sure you've got time for your family or your friends. Yeah. Or, and I think there's two things there's performance and there's happiness. And my whole life I'm more of a performer I would say and competitive and want to win <laughs> and I think uh, my husband and other people around me sometimes their goal can be more happiness it doesn't mean that they don't like performing but their natural instinct is to be happy be peaceful be kind I mean I'd say probably the exception for me is in business because I'm so passionate about having people succeed in business because we're in business for a reason and the reason is money otherwise we're just going to call it a hobby right so if our reason is money then we need to be able to measure that money and see how we are tracking performance of what everything we're doing let's say in marketing or in advertising to make sure we get the end result well that leads in very well to a conversation around facebook ads for example so social media and i mentioned the dark arts and i think understanding the metrics and the performance side of advertising on facebook is something that i know many businesses struggle with yeah how do we measure and manage facebook ads so that we are making sure that they're performing for the business in a way that meets the goals yeah sure so when we say facebook ads to me that could look like facebook ads instagram ads or even to some degree google ads because it's going to be similar analytics and performance that you're going to look at across those platforms seo is a little bit different (laughs) it's a longer term strategy so i would regard that separately so how does that look well when i first did my marketing masters all those years ago we didn't even have this thing called digital marketing and so a lot of the focus was strategic marketing Um, but i worked as a business analyst for many years and as a stockbroking analyst and of course every single thing we did relied on the numbers you know it was all bunches and bunches of spreadsheets (laughs) and reporting and very very heavy on the metrics and the numbers i do believe what gets measured gets done but also there seems to need to be this accountability on well how successful was that ad spend or how successful was that ad we put in the newspaper and so a lot of marketing traditionally I think has been very (laughs) banded about fluffy terms like brand engagement and um, these things do exist but it's really hard to quantify them what I fell in love with with digital marketing is the fact that I could actually have my two loves which was of marketing but also quantifying success and being able to measure success and until digital marketing came around we really couldn't measure marketing initiatives in a powerful way ultimately what we're seeking though in any kind of marketing is to get leads in the door and then ultimately conversions or sales from those leads so they're the two key factors we need to look at and then we work backwards and i like that as well because it's not facebook for the sake of facebook Mm. you know it's not around okay well i need to advertise my business so i'll put something on facebook you're really talking about okay what is your sales funnel what is this process Mm. you want to facilitate yeah um and achieve through this so can you just maybe expand a little bit on 
you know, that concept of integrating Facebook ads or, as you said, which could be Instagram or Google ads into a sales funnel? Yeah. So there's two key benefits. And I think we usually when we're talking about marketing, we're just focusing on one of the key benefits, which is leads and sales. Right. And money in the bank account. But the second key benefit is the amount of time that we can save a business owner um, and especially small business owners who might be doing it all themselves. Um, It's amazing when you actually implement sales funnels where they've got automatic booking systems and automatic purchase systems and automated emails going out to their customers. And they're like, this has saved me so much time and freed me up to do what I actually love to do, which is either to create content or create their products or, or other types of things. So there's two sides to every online sales funnel or Facebook ad. And I might work backwards. We'll start with like getting the leads in to buy or to purchase. So there's two sides to it. We've got what we call our brand. So this is how we look and we feel, whether that's our website, our landing page or our ads, there needs to be obviously a consistency of approach there. And then there's the other side, which is the business. Yeah. Um, And so what I see a lot of is people posting all this stuff on social media, (laughs) putting um, an ad or content piece or an Instagram story or reels. Reels are really big right now Um, and doing all this stuff out there. And then they're putting their hands up and saying, like, what? Why am I getting no business from this? Like, why? You know, and they might get random leads here and there, but there's no real system or success. Um, There's no real business engine that they've built. It's a bit like this. Imagine you've got a car in your garage and it's broken down. The engine's not working. This thing doesn't drive, right? And so what you're doing instead of fixing that engine is you keep walking to the petrol station, getting a jerry can of fuel, bringing it home and putting it into your petrol tank. Yeah, and going, oh, that didn't work. Let me go get some more fuel. Oh, let me try that fuel. That didn't work either. (laughs) Really what you have to do is fix the online business engine So that that is going to generate leads every single time they come through and then work backwards. You can get ad campaigns even go viral. And unfortunately, what stops is when that when that gets through to the website or the landing page or where that person is supposed to go and book and buy and click, it actually doesn't convert. So the customers used to come back to me and say, I don't understand. I've just spent all this money on this ad campaign and it's not working. And I'd be like, well, that's because the website's not great. (laughs) Or that's because you can't just go straight to, you know, sell. You have to actually have those touch points and nurture that client through many emails and many touch points and challenges and Facebook groups before they're actually going to purchase. So there's a number of things that can go wrong. And unfortunately, we keep thinking it's the social media side that's going wrong when really what is going wrong is all of the other things in the business engine. So once that business engine is fixed, then we can work backwards to go, okay, how do we make sure that we can measure like Facebook ads are actually incredibly easy to measure. We simply grab a piece of code that that is called the Facebook pixel. For those of you that don't know much about it, we grab this pixel and we put it on the website, we put it on the landing pages, and then we can measure the whole thing end to end. And so when you say that measure the whole thing from end to end, you really that's measuring the movements, the clicks that people have taken Correct. from seeing the ad 
clicking on it yes. to the website. The customer journey, I would call it. So in a strategic sense, I worked a lot with customer touch point mapping and customer journeys before coming into digital marketing. So it made sense to me, like we have a journey that we want our customer to go through. The journey could look like customer sees the ad, customer clicks on the ad, then arrives at the page and books an appointment or they might not be ready to book an appointment. So they might download something from that page and then they're on the email list and then customer reads the email and eventually customer might click the book now or the buy now button when we've made the offer at the right time for them. I think there's this misnomer out there. You know, you see this all the time and I'm sure you've experienced this yourself when you've purchased products or not even purchased, just requested some information off the internet. So customers are at different stages, as you know. So they might just be aware, they might, or they might be at the other end where they're actually ready to make a decision. But we always focus towards the tail end instead of understanding that there's a journey that people need to go through. So there's a number of touch points that that customer needs to get engaged with because they might not be ready to buy. That being said, some customers are ready to buy immediately. We've all got those emails where it's like you've downloaded something for free and now all of a sudden the first email in your inbox, here's the free thing you downloaded. And by the way, you can also buy this, 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 and this. Here you go. And we're like, I don't even know you. I don't know who you are. I certainly don't trust you. And I probably don't like you right now. So you actually have to go through that sequence of building the relationship with your customer. Um, I call it marrying someone before you date them when they do that. So you really, I'm sure, um, you know, I'm married and I know when my husband, um, you know, we went on a series of dates. <laughs> if he'd come to me on the first date and be like, I'm going to marry you, I probably would have been like, Eek, I, I don't know what's going on here. But <laughs> but for some reason in marketing, we think we can do this with customers all the time. So mm. it's almost like when I look at each email with my customers, I'm looking at three elements. I'm looking at this story, which is something that you do in your marketing, but also at, do I have an opportunity here to connect with my customer? They might just want to go and join my Facebook group. And that's fine because it's still leading towards the end goal or they might be ready to actually take that next step step and book a free appointment with me or actually purchase a paid product. All of those elements really make sense to me. And as a business owner, I mean, and, and I work in marketing, yeah. so that's good. I feel yeah. like that makes sense. But the implementation of all those things can be overwhelming, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of systems yeah. and processes that need to be put in place. There's a lot of ongoing understanding of our audience and customers that needs to continue to inform those processes and procedures absolutely how do you navigate that that's kind of the question of how long is the piece of string so every client is going to be different and so with my clients and how I like to work with them is usually I'll get them in for um, some coaching sessions so I'm going to find out as much about their business as I can that includes going and looking at their websites and their sales funnels and emails and stuff that they're already doing so I can really get a good feel At that point, I'm going to know if they've put enough effort into the brand or not. That's usually the first thing that stands out is like this brand's not going to translate well online because it's not clear or cohesive or there's problems with copy or they're not they don't understand what their story is yet. You know, so that's about 
50-50 with my clients. So some of them do a great job of that. They're really clear on their target market and know who that is. And, and then they just need help with the business end. So the actual building of the thing. I think the thing we have to realize is that we're not all good at all things. <laughs> some of us are really great at the creative side and some of us are better at the execution side. Uh, that's me. I work a lot more like I'll build my clients the pages and the systems that they need and then they can fill in um, the bits and pieces later. I think another key thing with building out the tech that I really encourage all my clients to do is I have really two offers. My customers can either book a free consultation with me or they can download something for free and then they're all going to go into a funnel where eventually they will buy something from me. Okay, there's certainly opportunities to purchase elsewhere, but they're the two things. So all of my traffic comes to the same spot. So we can actually start to see how many leads you're getting from each of those avenues and then understand the return on ad spend that you're also getting from the different channels. I'm doing this currently for a business up here in the hills. And uh, what we've found is we're investing in different marketing channels and some of them are really paying off and others not so much. And a lot of that's going to depend on your target market and your audience and where they like to hang out as well. So, and it's interesting, you know, with that example you used, you were finding that some some of the traffic funnels weren't working. Mm. And realistically, I think that should be such critical information for a business to understand okay well there is no point us spending money on whether it be instagram or facebook you know or linkedin whichever one is working for that business sure if they're not tracking that then they won't know that so then you mentioned you know seeing insights through facebook can be quite easy what happens if you've got these different traffic funnels so there's google analytics instagram facebook linkedin mm-hmm. how are you measuring all those things through spreadsheets i love my spreadsheets <laughs> <laughs> so we have a spreadsheet and so in that spreadsheet the numbers that we would put in the first number would be like what have you actually spent let's say seo so let's say this month we spent two thousand dollars on seo and we spent fifteen hundred dollars on google adwords and we spent $1,000 on Facebook ads. Um, We can work out how many leads came from each of those channels through Google Analytics, but through other sources as well. And we can actually see from those leads, if it's set up properly, we can actually see from those leads, okay, we did $3,000 on SEO and we got three leads from that. Like the return on investment for that is not great considering how much we spent. So we need to work out the cost per lead that came through. There's this next element to that. Now we have an idea of what the cost per leads are costing us. Yep. And the goal every single month is to beat that previous cost per lead. Yeah. So our goal is really to improve on our best result every single time, whether it's a Facebook ad, Google ad, etc. And our goal is to actually improve. So let's say the cost per lead was like $3.50. Maybe we want to get that down to $1 um, eventually. So we're always trying to outcompete ourselves with our Facebook ads. It's very hard to benchmark Facebook ads across <laughs> different industries are different, different offerings are different. So it is really difficult to benchmark. We can give some good ideas, like I'd be looking at probably a dollar cost per click and 1% click through rate. They're kind of the benchmarks I go for usually. But um, with some of those businesses, it can be triple that. Um, And with some of them, it can be less than that, like fashion could be less than that. So it's going to depend massively on your business. And that's why it's important for you to track it month by month, 
So you can see that those small tweaks and improvements you make are actually translating over. So yeah, I thought your listeners might be interested because I do have a Facebook ads calculator. And so for anyone that's interested, I can let them know about that and perhaps they'd like to. Oh no, we'd like to put a link in that. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. I'll provide a link to that so that they can go and download that. Yeah, but because I think the more people can experiment with these types of tools and Mm -hmm. start thinking and framing that, because particularly you know, if you're like me, the numbers and the metrics, it it is a side of it that I see the incredible value and I know is really important, but it's not a native natural comfort zone for me. So tools like, you know, Facebook ads calculator is really And so what I'd say with that type of thing, like I know with your marketing, you're quite, you do a lot of storytelling and that can be super helpful both on the website and the landing page end, as well as in the email sequences and also at the front end when we're actually creating the headline and the copy to get people to click on that Facebook ad. So there's different points where copywriting, for example, or storytelling is super, super important. So for your listeners, you know, maybe there's usually two types of people. There are either the people that tried Facebook ads once and then got burned and they're never touching it again. <laughs> and that's like 90% of the people I deal with. <laughs> um, and then there's the people that haven't tried it yet, haven't dipped their toe in the water yet. So the first piece of advice I'd give to all of those people, also, there's a big misunderstanding out there people think that boosted posts are facebook ads they are not the same i don't know if you've experienced that but they are not the same so the first piece of advice i say to people if you're going to do any kind of facebook ads make sure that you set up your facebook ads under the facebook business manager (laughs) um so simply business.facebook.com once you're logged into your business and then it will set and then that will set it up correctly for you. The second piece of advice I give them is to then make sure that you have um, installed your tracking codes, installed your Facebook pixel on the on the right sites which is pretty much anywhere you can install it (laughs) um, that is along your customer touchpoint journey. If you can do those two things then that's going to help. With return on ad spend and our cost per lead, we were talking about that before. There's another element, which is cost per conversion. Sometimes you get leads that um, you get lots and lots and lots of leads, but they not might not convert at the rate that you expect. And so when running Facebook ad campaigns, you know, there's all kinds of different ad campaigns you can run. The main two that your customers would deal with would be traffic campaigns and conversions campaigns. And so looking at conversions, conversions are people that are more likely to buy and traffic is just the general population. So I love to use traffic campaigns to start with because that's gonna go out to the whole population in terms of your audience, which is quite specific still, you're gonna have a specific audience, but it's gonna go out to everyone in that audience. And that really helps to test whether that Facebook ad is a good ad or not. So setting up different types of ads for different types of image, possibly different types of copy, um, different types of headline. Sometimes for a client's ad, I can run up to 16 different ads at the same time and we select a winner. It's a lot quicker way because what most people do is they set up one ad and they're like, hmm, that didn't work. Let's tweak it. Okay, now let's do it. Run that ad next month. 
oh, that didn't work. Let's tweak it now. <laughs> and then it runs the following month. So they're constantly tweaking. And by the time you get to version four or five or 10 of the ad, you're like, I can't remember what changes I made. So potentially you're putting changes back in that you already changed earlier on. So it's really important to keep a track of the changes that you do make to Facebook ads. But it's more important, I think, to have a almost like a grid of what does and doesn't work and be really clear on that. And then, so, and I like, you know, that you've separated out there and talking about traffic versus conversion Mm -hmm. and there seems and you're starting with the traffic ads which is great because you're building that awareness getting that out there to the audience understanding what's working what's resonating Mm -hmm. so that then when you're going into a conversion style ad you can implement that information to an audience that's already warm yeah that's right and then that's more likely to lead to conversion success it can do um sometimes people that buy might not be your ideal target client so the importance of knowing your target market up front cannot be underestimated like you really need to be super clear on your target market and what they're wanting to do I think the other thing is to talk about so there's one third type of campaign that I run regularly and this is the type of campaign that big businesses tend to use but small businesses quite often don't implement because it might be costly or they're just like I'm not sure what that is which is a remarketing campaign. A remarketing campaign is particularly important for small business because we're going to go it's going to go back to anyone that came to visit your website, anyone that might have liked your Facebook page or engaged with it. And you can also remarket to people that you managed to capture on your email list. Now think of it like this. We've already got their email address. So sure, we can email them. But imagine the power if they're getting your stuff on email, but then they're also seeing, hey, you forgot to check out um, on their Facebook or in their Google ad. So it's almost like a sort of multi-pronged approach in going back to people that we know are interested because they wouldn't have clicked on that link if they weren't interested and then we're going back to them with a remarketing ad so the economy of a remarketing ad is excellent because even though the ads are a little bit excuse me a little bit higher what happens is they are warm audiences and so the results of conversion on those campaigns are a lot more successful yeah and i i think there is not not the depth of knowledge in people understanding what that remarketing ad is because it's a little bit of the the big brother side of Facebook and understanding, unless you're working in the field, there isn't as much general understanding of the interconnectedness of the information Mm -hmm. (laughs) that Mm -hmm. Facebook and Google um, can tap into, you know, once you're releasing emails and how that can be used in advertising campaigns. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I, the movie that's out at the moment that everyone's kind of into is The Social Dilemma. And people are like, oh, they're horrified and shocked when they watch this. But I say as a business owner, watch it with keeping in mind that you can actually leverage these cookies and these things that they're using to capture your best clientele actually I think that Facebook advertising and digital types of advertising are far more cleaner. And I'll tell you why. Remember the days then pretty, the only advertising we had was like a billboard or a TV ad, right? So that TV ad or that billboard, that billboard on, um, you know, on the main road, every single person is seeing it driving past it, hundreds of thousands of people. And 90% of them aren't interested in the product that you're offering, right? So 
all of a sudden through Facebook ads and digital ads, we're only targeting the people that are interested. We're not going out to everyone with, oh, do you need a funeral home or do you want to um, eat this particular style of fish burger? I mean, you know, so we're not cluttering up the environment, I think, in a way that's really just not good. So it's a lot cleaner and it's a lot better because we are actually only going out to people that, you know, need the service. For example, if I changed my status on Facebook from single to married, um, just wait and see how long it takes for them to approach you with um, engagement, wedding rings, etc. So remarketing ads is great. It's like the ad where if people are not sure what this is still, it's the ad where you clicked on the pair of long brown boots um, on that fashion store and all of a sudden they seem to be traveling around the internet with you, <laughs> stalking you almost. So that's what a remarketing ad is. Mm. There's one more type of ad. I just thought I'd mention it really briefly. I know we're about to finish and that is our free content ads. So we see these all the time, you know, free download, free checklist, free whatever. And the reason why we do this is we allow people to get to know us through our free content. So let's say I am look, I'm in a, a relationship coach and I'm seeking to coach people that are in a relationship, maybe having some issues. And I'm going to do the free guide to overcoming abandonment issues in your marriage checklist. Now, no one's going to go and click on that checklist. And they're actually, unless they're actually having issues in their marriage, they're going to scroll on by unless that's them. And they specifically are having those issues in marriage. So it's a really great way of way of quantifying and targeting our audience up front before they even get into our funnels, before they even start to click. Um, and so from the outset, we're attracting the right kind of person that needs the exact service that we're going to offer them down the track. Mm-hmm. So that's important when you're thinking about what am I going to create that my customers want to see. All right. Well, Danielle, thank you so much. In conclusion, though, could you share with me your be the drop tip? So that's your Mm -hmm. top tip for communication that motivates and inspires. I think the top tip for me is communicating clearly. And that includes in the online environment. When you are posting content all over the place and you don't have a clear plan of action, it's really hard to have clarity in what you're saying and how you're saying it. So even when it comes to content and I'd say don't step outside your scope of content, you know, I work with sales funnels and online marketing and you'll hear me talk about emails, Facebook ads, (laughs) sales funnels, and that's it. You're not going to hear me talk about like gardening in the bushes or, you know, I'm only sticking to my lane and talking about those things over and over again in different manners and different ways. And that's what helps you get clarity around what it is you do and, and just being very clear and direct about how you do what you do. Fantastic. I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. 
To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.